This is the MDRT Podcast. A selfie tailor, like many producers, had no idea what he was getting into when he agreed to join this profession. In his first few years, he sold small policies within his peer group to increase his income little by little. While some might look back at their early struggles, feeling grateful they've settled into a comfortable pattern, this MDRT member and top-of-the-table qualifier from Pasadena, California, uses discomfort to propel himself. For a selfie, the secrets to success are not found and mastered. They're ever-moving targets. I was 22 years old when I started with my own practice. So no internship, no mentor, I just went in. And I like to say it took me about two years to exhale, if you will, meaning people tell you, you know, it, for me it's all predicated and what I've learned still to this day, it's all about activity. And so you hear that adage, book two appointments a day, book two appointments a day. I ramp it up, I tell, as I coach now, I tell people three, because I believe you book three appointments a day, it's 15 a week, 12 will hold, you'll get to close six and two will buy. And, and if you can do that consistently every week, you're not going to see too many hard times in this business. It took me a couple years to believe that process. So I did it, but I was kind of skeptical until I realized like what I feared most about the business when I started is what I look forward to the most today. And it's the unknown. Most people would be just, just beside themselves if they didn't know what they were going to make next month. I love it. I love the fact that I'm going to make a million dollars in the next 12 months from some person, some set of deals that I have no clue about today. And how could you not like that? I mean, I'm paid for what I do. I'm paid for my proficiency, not how many hours I sit in the office or how many reports I generate. And I'm paid for what I do. Eselfie realized he only had the potential to make as much as his clients did. So he came up with a plan to upgrade his client base. Sure. To that end, again, realize I'm going to make as much money as my clients make. I, I came up with this adage. It's called prospecting up. I always say if you ask a broke person for referrals, they're going to refer you to their broke friend. People tend to congregate around those of a comparable socioeconomic level. So if I live paycheck to paycheck, my friends probably live paycheck to paycheck. If my friends make a hundred grand a year, I probably make about a hundred grand a year. If my friends make a million dollars a year, they probably make a million dollars a year, right? You're in that same realm. So I've consistently looked to prospect up and put myself around those that were making the type of money that I wanted to make and had the type of success I wanted to have. And it was an organic process. It's not like you go from 50 grand a year to a million. But the beauty and what I look at in this practice now is like, okay, I go from $50,000 a year of income in my first year to doing well over a million dollars in production 15 years later. So the next logical step for me is to be at $20 million a year in production. Now, some people go, isn't that kind of crazy? It's kind of a big jump. To which my response would be, no, I've grown 20 times once. Why can't I do it again? After 12 years of practice, Iselfi felt that it was time to truly do things on his own terms, which meant leaving the company setting. I like to say I was a shark in a fish tank. I wanted to grow and do my own thing. And it's interesting. I was asked, you know, by an executive in the company over lunch. He's like, he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, do you want to be a multi-million dollar producer? I mean, do you want to have a big agency with a lot of agents under you? I mean, do you want to be a motivational speaker and coach? He's like, what do you want to do? And my response was, yes, I want to do all of it, right? And I don't want to be limited by, you know, by any one thing or labeled or put in a box, right? I, you know, I wanted to grow. And so I feel blessed to be in this independent space. And who knows how it's all going to end up. But at least I'm able to write my own script and follow my dreams and passions and, and see where it takes me. I've got about seven people that work for me as support staff. I realized probably about seven years ago in my practice that I was making 80% of my money with 20% of my time. So I've tried very diligently over the last seven, eight years to flip-flop that and I'm getting better. 
I mean, I'm not quite where I want to be, but I try to delegate every non-income generating task that I'm given in a day to someone else. Anything that doesn't involve closing a case or building a relationship with someone, I try to give away. So I've got, you know, sales support, do all the illustrations, you know, uh, application prep, whatnot, following up with clients in that respect. I've got processing, I've got customer service, operations, uh, marketing. I mean, I hired a, a driver a year ago. I mean, I'm going to drive myself to my own appointments. Oh, wow. Again, you go, oh, isn't that excessive? Like, I live in LA. I mean, it could take me an hour to drive 15 miles sometimes, depending on where you're going. Take any top producer and say, give them an extra hour or two a day, uninterrupted right? How much more money will you make, right? So I live by the adage, you know, saving money isn't the same as making money. I would save money, I suppose, if I drove myself, but would I make the most money? So these are some of the principles that I've incorporated to try to be as efficient as I can. And I'm probably the worst guy with technology, but beyond on and off, right? But just inter inter interjecting technology into my practice with, you know, email marketing campaigns and systematizing the things that we're doing to be more more efficient. I mean, it's an ongoing process, but I'm actively working, you know, towards that end. And then, um, and I've got about 12 agents in my uh, in my organization now, and so just growing, growing that. But just how my business grows, it's all personal observation and referrals and networking and marketing. It's the same way. My agency has been very organic. So I realized I'm not a manager. Like that is not <laughs> that is not in my zone of genius. So I've been blessed enough to have a tremendous operations manager with you know over you know 30 years of experience managing professional organization so she's tremendous um, Diane in my office and then uh, you know my my right hand in the office Eric who's uh, managing sales support interactions with clients and whatnot so it's it takes a village I think that's a sign of a good leader realizing you know what you're good at and what you're not and up until recently I, I wanted to be the best in everything I wanted to have my hands in everything because who's going to do it better than me and Maybe that's true, but then there's a matter of, of scale, right? And so you have to give something up. Like, think about it. McDonald's, attorney I worked with one time said, think about McDonald's. If the guy who created McDonald's had to flip every burger and make the fries himself, there'd be one location. And I like that as a good example, because whether you go to McDonald's here in Naples, Florida, or in Dallas, Texas, or in Los Angeles, California, the burgers and fries taste the same. It's a system. And so I really began to appreciate that and those that can create systems. Do you think that they have the best burgers and fries? Probably not, but you know exactly what you're gonna get. So it's that matter of systematization and, and, and repeatability that I, I long for in my practice and which I'm actively going for. And so, yeah, that's, that's it again. It's a lot of work, but that's what I'm working towards. I try to do a real good job of delineating tasks. Like for example, if I'm in my office, I don't know how to transfer calls in my office. I don't know how to send a fax in my office. I don't know how to scan a document in my office. I don't get paid to do those things. So I give them to someone else. And people might go, isn't that silly? You mean you don't know how to scan? And I'm like, it's not a matter of aptitude. It's a matter of choice, right? And so again, it's, you go, oh, but there's only one minute. That's only two minutes. That's only five minutes. And again, time, that's the one thing I don't have more of, right? And so if I make a certain amount of money, if I make X right now, and as you can see, I can't work harder, like that's not happening, then how do I improve? How do I make more money? Then I have to do, I'm constantly looking to be challenged. I'm constantly looking to be uncomfortable. I'm constantly looking to grow. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, like I, I don't want to say I'm comfortable, I've got it all figured out, I'm dialed in, like I think that's where you become stagnant. And so I'm always looking to grow. There's nothing, I tell anyone, everyone in my office knows, like. Whatever I'm telling you we're working on right now and whatever we're doing right now, I can almost guarantee you in 12 months there'll be something different. Like, just be prepared. <laughs> For me, it's not about the money, right? At this point, I feel comfortable. I've got, I have a roof over my head and food on the table. I'm not worried about 
eating. My kids are gonna be comfortable. At this point, it comes down to impact. How many lives can I touch? So I'm good, I don't need any more money for me. At this point, it comes down to what can I do to positively impact people's lives. That's all for us today. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to subscribe, please find us on iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.